0: So you think you're a nobody, huh? how bad Did I wake you up? That's the new system we have, but he just turned me down. <laughs> yeah. So you think you're a nobody. How many would say that, in fact, I don't know much about myself, but I do know that throughout my lifetime, I've been beat up, the peer pressure, the discouragement. I feel like I'm a nobody. Well, I want to tell you that over the next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching a message on favor, the grace of God, and what we can do to make a difference in and through our communities. But you say, but pastor, what can I do? You know, I'm not like this individual who's so intelligent. I'm not like that individual who's so educated. What about that individual that's so gifted? Well, I wanted to kick off tonight by saying, you know what? You are highly favored. God loves you. He says in his word that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. He thinks that you're of value to him. Do you believe that tonight? Then look to the person next to you and say, you are highly favored. You are highly favored. That means the grace of God is upon you. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ came and died for you all because of grace? Praise the Lord. On a journey of, so you think you're a nobody. And on my journey of, so I think I'm a nobody. I've come to a place where I have, as a pastor and as a minister, said, but this church over here is running 500 people. What's their secret? And Reverend Dr. Pope is doing such a great job over there at this ministry of 500. But I've got to tell you something. That even though the little church that's down the street is running 20 people, if he's in the center of God, he's a somebody. God's doing a work in and through him. So I ask, that's, is that the youth department? That's what I thought, wow. So I ask all of you a question. When you look at your life, and we know what the Scripture says, they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. But I want to ask all of you an important question between you, yourself, and God. Do you feel like I'm a nobody? That... I know that God is using other people, and I'm just not what I should be. Man, I, I wish I could sing. I wish I could be a greeter. I wish I could pray publicly. Matter of fact, I wish I could just open up God's Word and know Scripture left and right. Well, God wants you to, to know His Word But he still loves you right where you're at. And I want you to know that even though he knows every hair on your head, he knows all about you. He created you. He wants to use you and you're highly favored. Many times in my counseling, I'll have a lot of young people come in throughout the course of my life. And even being a youth pastor, they will say, I feel worthless. I don't feel of value. So it's up to me as a counselor and hopefully through the guidance of the Holy Spirit in God that I can look at him and say, "No, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you. God loves you. You are greatly blessed and you are highly favored. Three points to tonight. I'm going to make this quick. People may not know your name, but Jesus does. People may not know your worth. But Jesus does and people may not recognize your effort but Jesus does. Take your bible if you would please and turn to Mark chapter 3. That's Matthew, Mark. That was hard, wasn't it? In the New Testament, Mark chapter 3 Mark chapter 3 verse 13. And I'm going to talk about tonight about a guy who is highly favored And yet, you don't hear much about him. So, can I make a message go for 20 more minutes? That's the question. On a guy who just has a name. Well, certainly we can. Because if you looked into your life, you may not think you've done much, but you've done amazing things in and through Christ. Just coming tonight and worshiping, you're making a difference for those that are around you. Let's read together. Mark chapter 3, verse 13. And he went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted. And they came to him. And he appointed twelve so that they would be with him and they could send them out to preach and to have authority and to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the names Peter and James, the son of Zebedee, John, the brother of James. To them he gave the name Bonergius, whatever which means, I'm not real sure how to pronounce that, sons of thunder, and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Father, we just pray that you'll add a blessing to your word. Thank you for tonight. Encourage us. May we all realize that we are of worth, that we have been highly favored. Lord, we just need to be willing vessels used for your honor in your glory. I just want to focus on number one. In Matthew chapter 10, verse three, you don't have to turn there, but he said he knew their names, Philip and Barthol- Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector, James and Thaddeus. So he made comment of his name. What just happened? to my? Am I still coming through? Okay, great. And uh, I just like a wave went flying through here. And uh, he is also called Judas, brother of James. We see out of one of the twelve, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Blessings and woes unto them, which is in Luke 6, 16. He's also called Judas, not Iscariot. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? And yet we look in Mark 3, verse 18, Andrew, Philip, and Bartholomew. And it says, There was his name Thaddeus. It is human nature to desire a measure of recognition. People go to great lengths to stand out from the crowd and to be unique and or different. Most of us would say, I don't judge people. Really? I think all of us judge people. Young man's in my office today and uh, there's a family there that came in for counseling and As he's sitting there, he says, you know, I don't try to put people in categories. And it was so funny. Then his mom came in and says, well, we try not to put people in categories. I said, really? And as, as they said it, it was kind of funny because as they continued, I said, hold on a minute. You referred to this group as the preppy. And you referred to this boy as the mean boy. And you referred to yourself as emo, which is kind of. For some of us that are old, older, I didn't know what that word meant, but it means we're kind of grunge. You know, the people that wear black, kind of set apart. They want to be different. That's what that meant. And I never knew what it meant. My girls actually had to define that for me. And so I'm learning as I go. But I have to say that even though we say we don't put people in categories, we do put people in categories. And yet, here is Jesus. He calls the twelve disciples. There's 12 disciples and out of those 12, he mentions the name Thaddeus, right? Now, did we see that Thaddeus did some great and marvelous work? No, but here's what he told him to do. And if you'll notice it in the scriptures, it says there and to have authority to cast out demons. That is amazing. It's amazing to me to think that A man, along with the other eleven, have the responsibility to have the power of God to minister and to do the work of the Lord. So we see here that even though he's named as one of the twelve, and it seems to be simple, I want you to know that if you're one of six children, if you're one of four, one of three, maybe you're the only boy with a bunch of sisters, or the only girl with a bunch of brothers, you are highly favored. And even though you say, well, I didn't make, you know, much of a dent in my family's life. Yes, you have. Just because Thaddeus is here and we can look at it and say, ah, uh, you know what? When you look at Peter, James, John, look what all they've done. Look at the marvelous works that took place. Epistles were right, wrote, written. Miracles were performed. And yet there was Thaddeus. How many of you believe that he did a great work? I'll tell you one of the greatest works he did. He followed Jesus. When he was called, he listened and he did it. In England, Prince William is heir apparent to the throne. And I've also heard that Prince Harry simply referred to as the spare. Could you imagine having that said about you? He is the second. He is only a spare in case something tragic happens to the chosen one, the prince. Always referred to as little Harry in Prince William's shadows. We've seen it throughout all of time. So I encourage you to say that even though you might look at the scriptures and say, you know what? Who am I? Are you a child of God? Are you doing the work of the Lord? I look at it like this. If if God has allowed our church to have the resources to do his work, then shame on us if we're not following him as Thaddeus was called to do his work. So one, we look at... People may not know your name, but Jesus does. And two, people may not realize your worth, but Jesus does. Mark chapter 3, verse 13 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He goeth up into a mountain. He called unto them who he would, and they came. He had ordained twelve, and they should be with him, that he might send them forth to preach and have power to heal sicknesses and cast out devils. So for whatever reason... We do not have an in-depth study of Thaddeus' service as a disciple of Christ. But in fact, he was still doing an awesome work. He was still selected as one of the twelve. So whatever your service, whatever the task that Jesus has chosen for you, it's an honor to be chosen to serve. Listen to this thought. Do not let the world tell you that your place of service is insignificant. You have been chosen by the creator of the universe to accomplish something for him. Now, out of over six billion people in this world, he called your name. Isn't that amazing? And I really apologize, but I've been dealing with a cold for weeks. So I guess it's time to go to the doctor because I'm over this cough. (coughs) Has God called you to be a deacon? Has God called you to be a trustee? What about if God's called you just to be a Sunday school teacher? Do you know that we have women downstairs teaching and men that have volunteered to teach our children? Do you believe that their position is as important as mine? Yes, I do. And I believe that your position in Christ is just as important as theirs. There is worth to who you are. It does matter what you think. It does matter in your life. You are precious to Jesus. Because why? He's chosen you. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And he did this in love. Even before Jesus chose Thaddeus to be his disciple, Thaddeus was precious to Jesus. I I often think when, when I think of the 12 disciples, which if you'll look into Scripture, a lot of times the 12 disciples are compared to the 12 tribes of Israel. And so as you study that, you'll see that in the Scriptures. But I want you to know that even though you've walked through life and you've said, I'm worthless. Or maybe you've been in relationships where people have abused you. Maybe you've been in um, friendships where you said, you know what, it's not even worth it for me to have that friendship. It's not healthy. They tear me down. You are somebody. We walked in here tonight, and some of you are faithful and you're coming and you're encouraged and, and you're excited about For the first night kicking off the Rock program. But if we don't look that we're somebody special in Christ, then are we really representing the image of Jesus Christ in and through our life? He told Thaddeus and he told all the 12 disciples Go, you have the power to even cast out demons. Go do your work. And yet some of them, did they? Some of them, it was difficult. And for some of you, it's difficult for you to say, you know what, I can't do this. I don't have it in me. Listen to me. Here's a little funny for you. I shake to death. I did that little 30-second segment on Facebook. I was scared to death. And now I'm going to be transparent with everybody in this room. You know why it was awkward for me last week? Because I thought someone's going to judge me. Somebody's going to look at my life and judge me and say, oh, who does he think he is? I don't think I'm anybody. So God laid that on my heart. Today, I had Matt stand up and I'm like, I've got to advertise the rock. God has given us a tool. He's given us Samsung iPhones, iPads, iPods, iPhones, whatever you have to continue to minister and to evangelize our life is soon going to be over what is done on this earth shall pass what is done for christ will last and as i stand up here i shake and i went downstairs i asked my wife i said what do you think thinking she's going to be extremely critical because that's the first thing that you think you're a nobody why in the world would you do this She's going to give me a look with her eye raised and go, really, please, Todd, don't put that on there. That's not what she did. That's not my wife. But I'll tell you, I cringe every time when they open it up. And I'm like, oh, what's somebody going to think? Have you been there? Have you felt? I don't want to do that because what's somebody going to think? As a little boy, I knew I was called to preach. And I thought to myself, I can't do this. I'm a nobody. I can't get up. How am I going to ever put together anything? I'm not doing anything. He's doing all things. And Thaddeus probably thought the same thing. He had the resources. He had Jesus Christ. And yet, I'm sure there was some insecurities that he faced. People may not know your name, but Jesus does. People may not realize your worth, but Jesus does. And we also see that. Number three, people may not recognize your effort, but Jesus does. In my 20 years, I've never heard a sermon of Thaddeus. In fact, while studying for this message, I found very few. You probably won't read a book about him. There are no sermon series on his life. You may never get the pat on the back that you think you deserve. People may never see all that you do. They may not see the long hours and the long nights. People may not see what went into just one service that takes place in a church. Or they may not see what takes place just for you to have someone over for dinner or a birthday party or a wedding reception. Nobody can see that. But God does. So we have value. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you have value. You have the grace of God. And so, when you feel discouraged and depressed and disappointed, know that God wants to lift you up. Others may not know of the emotional struggles and burnout that you have endured, but God does. Colossians 3.23, referring to the ministry issues, God wants to reward those that serve him. And here is what's great about Thaddeus. Here's what's great about the twelve disciples Whatever you do it with all your heart, God will reward your faithfulness. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Don't waste your time waiting and longing for large opportunities, which may never come, but faithfully handle the little things that are always claiming your attention. That was not a quote for me from F.B. Meyer. Look on the little things that claim your attention. What are you going to be faithful to? Think about this. How many of you guys are on Facebook? Just raise your hands. Okay, so we have 25 people that are on Facebook in this room. If we're going to evangelize, the pastor puts on the post, we're having an outreach ministry. We'd like to invite you. You then take that, and there's a little thing over to the right that says share. Now, all I'm trying to tell you is use use what you have for God's glory. So you take that, and all it is is a little blurb that says, come to church, New Hope Christian Fellowship on Riverside Drive. Wouldn't it be great, to just think this through, that out of all of the people and all of the friends and all of the influence that you have, if one person came in your lifetime because they had an invite. I've had people throughout generations, 44 years old, who have said to me, No one's ever invited me to church. No one's ever said, hey, you want to come? What are we hiding? Use what God has given you. Be faithful. Know that you have worth. I know the first thing is this. And here was my first question. I'm going to be a pastor? What about if somebody asks me that magic question that I don't know? Then all of a sudden God said this. You look at him and say, I don't know, I'll get back in touch with you. And I went, man, that was really good wisdom, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Because it was. Then that fear went away from me. Do you know Sunday after service, Timothy, young man who's been coming, dealing with all kinds of addictions, you need to pray for him. He loves our church. He was here with us men today. They were working with the men as they were busting out trying to do the lights. And we've got some can lights downstairs. It looks beautiful. He was faithful. He said, I love being here. He came to know Jesus Christ in my office on Sunday. Not everybody has to walk an aisle to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some people will come in their own private time and say, The Lord has laid something on my heart. Let me tell you. That's what's great about your influence. Ron Jr. made himself available. A man in our church made himself available to just sit down and talk with him. And Ron Jr. looked at me and says, I didn't have all the answers for him, so he came and got me. Praise God. Isn't that great? You know what? So you think you are a nobody. Well, you are a somebody. God has something great in store for you and your reward is great here's what it says in Matthew 1927 Peter answered him we have left everything to follow you what then will there be for us Peter said we have left everything everything to follow you what's left for us I love what Jesus says in his word in Matthew 19. He says, truly, I say to you in the new world, when the son of man will sit on his glorious throne, you have followed me, will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Your reward is in heaven. Your faithfulness is in heaven. You say, but pastor, I don't feel like I'm worth anything. You're making a difference. Everybody right here is making a difference. Everyone over here is making a difference. Your faithfulness makes a difference. Brother Steve's discipleship class. When you come, you make a difference to him. He needs that encouragement for the time that he's put in. My wife's class, she needs that for the encouragement just for the time she's put in because she wants to give you something from God's holy word. I was looking at Lindsay the other day and I was I was talking to actually all three of our girls, Megan, Victoria, and Lindsay having a little family meeting. And I said to them, you know, sometimes we have to do that as parents. And uh, I said, girls, do you understand that when I stand in the pulpit and I open up God's word, I do not want to say something that's not of God. It takes much thought, much preparation, much heart to communicate the love of God. And that's what our teachers are doing downstairs. That's what our youth leaders doing in the youth room. They're putting thought into it. So you are making a difference. See, the Bible says even though we do not store up for ourselves treasures on this earth where rust does come and where moths come in and where thieves come in and steal in Matthew 6. For we will lay up for ourselves treasures in where? In heaven. That's Where our reward is at. I love the Sermon on the Mount. When he says, when you give, you give privately. When you pray in your prayer closet, you pray privately. All of you have such an awesome gift from God. You can have a relationship with Him. When you feel like, I'm not contributing much, you're contributing everything. Because God loves you. That's his grace that he went to the cross to bestow upon you and I. So he loves us. For deed done in the name of Jesus will be blessed and rewarded in eternity. Men may not recognize your effort, but rest assured that Jesus knows and he will reward your faithfulness. He says in his word in Mark 9, for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ. Verily, I say to you, you shall not lose your reward God loves your heart you just have to open it up sometime maybe I have to tell you standing up here doing a little whatever I made myself a little vulnerable but I'm not letting Satan win the victory I'm not I told myself I might sound crazy but I'm going to do what the Lord laid on my heart I've had Facebook for how many years But it was this year that God laid it on my heart. You know what? Start speaking to people. Use whatever you've got. Let people know about my gospel. And we all have that responsibility. Some of you will say, but pastor, I feel all of this is in vain. You feel that you are wasting your time. You're ready to throw your hands up. Quit. The world says you should. The enemy says you should. You think you should. You may never have anything that the people of this world would want, but You may never have power. You may never have prominence. You may never have possessions. You may never have prosperity. And that's what you're telling yourself. But listen, child of God, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, as it says, and all things good and bad will be measured. So God wants to bless you. And at that judgment seat, there will be crowns given out to your faithfulness. Here are five crowns that are identified. The incorruptible crown. Awarded for faithfulness to the Lord too, the crown of life for the person who endures and overcomes temptation. The crown of rejoicing, this is the soul winner's crown. The crown of righteousness, this will be given to those who anticipate and live in the light of the return of Jesus Christ. And the crown of glory, this will be given to the faithful ministers who give themselves to lead and feed the flock. We may not know very many details of Thaddeus' story, but I can assure you he stored up treasures in heaven. I'm going to close with this story. And as we wind down and we close, there was an elderly preacher who was rebuked by one of his deacons one Sunday morning before the service. Here's what he said. Pastor, said the man, Something must be wrong with your preaching and your work. There's been only one person added to the church in a whole year. And he's just a boy. The minister listened and his eyes moistening and his thin hand trembling. I feel it all, he replied. But God knows that I've tried to do my duty. On that day, the minister's heart was heavy as he stood before his flock. As he finished the message, he felt a strong inclination to resign from his position. After everyone else had left, that one little boy came up to him and asked, Do you think if I worked hard for an education, I could become a preacher? Perhaps even a missionary? Again, tears welled up in the minister's eyes. Man, does this heal all the aches that I feel. He said, Robert, I see the divine hand now. May God bless you, my boy. Yes, I think you will become a preacher. Many years later, an aged missionary returned to London from Africa. His name was spoken with reverence. Nobles invited him to their homes. He had added many souls to the church of Jesus Christ, reaching even some of Africa's most savage chiefs. His name was Robert Moffat. The same Robert whose years before, had spoken to the pastor that Sunday morning in that old Scottish church. Lord, help us to be faithful. Then give us the grace to leave the results to you. So you think you're a nobody. Well, you are a somebody. And God loves you. Maybe in your time, your name might just appear as Thaddeus did. But he said, for thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory. It is yours. God loves you. And he cares for you. Do you believe that? Will you receive that tonight? Let us all stand as we pray. Father, we thank You that we are somebody, that, Lord, You love us, that You care for us. May we realize our worth, recognize Your effort, and know that, Lord, You reign. We are Your children, and it's an honor to be Your child. We are somebody in Your name. Thank You, Father, that we've been fearfully And wonderfully made. Thank you Father for your grace. And for your favor. Thank you Father that it's by your grace. Not by works. Not by ourselves. Lest any man should boast. But because Father. You want to use us. Rather small or great. Rather our name appears in lights. Or appears in a notebook. Lord may we know. That all that is done, that is said, and everything that's about us, be about you. Thank you, Father, for just a wonderful story of your twelve. And in the midst of your busy ministry, you stopped where you were at. And you called those twelve disciples to sit around you, to mentor them, to love them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. For teaching us great principles of the faith. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for.